0: welcome to phone fighting everybody i am richard hunter along with the two-time ufc heavyweight champion Frank Mir, you're about to hear a very special episode taking you back to just this past Sunday night when Frank and I took the stage here in Las Vegas at the Stratosphere Hotel and Casino to be joined for a special double bill swap cast extravaganza by none other than the American gangster Chael Sonnen and his co-host Joel from the You're Welcome podcast. We're going to play that show for you just as it happened. Quickly, though, I want to let you know if you are new to Phone Booth Fighting, there are several ways to get this twice-weekly podcast with myself and Frank Mir. iTunes, of course, is always there. Stitcher, Radio, Google Play, SoundCloud, or right off of phoneboothfighting.com. Please spread the word, tell your friends, help us grow this thing, and if you're one of Chell's listeners who's uh, coming over and checking us out for the first time, welcome, and we're really glad to have you. So let me get out of my own way here and take you to just this past Sunday night at the LA Comedy Club inside the Las Vegas stratosphere, myself, Frank Mir, Chael Sonnen, and his co-host Joel the Foursome, teaming up for a live stage presentation that we called Suspended. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh, oh. Uh, first of all, guys, uh, welcome to the stage, uh, Chael and and Joel. Thanks you guys for doing uh, this with us. First of all, this is exciting. Hey, we wouldn't miss it. A trip to Vegas, see everybody, hang out with you guys, and
1: it's Sunday night. We didn't have anything better to do.
0: <laughs> but we've been talking about doing this for a while. How long have you guys been doing your Welcome? I've been
1: at this, I, I think, for about three years, and Joel jumped in maybe, maybe going on just over a year, right? Because no, you were in not, the clink for a minute. Th-
2: no, th- that's not true. I've been there the whole time, but for, like, the worst part of the show, I was sleeping on the floor and giving you bits. And then you, we made the show when I started actually talking.
1: Yeah, that, well, that is actually true. See, here's the thing, guys. This is a comedy club, but we didn't come here to be funny. We're doing, Right, we're just telling stories. So, uh, yeah, Joel was uh, going with me though. We're neighbors, and uh, I'd pick him up or he'd grab me and we'd run down there, and he would always just hang out on the floor. He had a pillow in the, in the studio that I rent to do the podcast. And at the end of the show, I would say to the producer, hey, you got anything else to add? And one day Joel jumped up and added something, and every, everybody hated him, and... The next week, he, he added a little more, and everybody hated him. And over time, he started doing longer segments and longer segments, and, and the same reasons that, that people hated him for, they started to miss him when he wasn't there. And he just kind of became a, a, a bit of a character. And I mean that as a compliment. I mean, every, every, people don't hate you. That's not my message, but that's how it started.
2: I'm going to tell you guys something right now. Richard has promoted the greatest story. Chael's going to tell the greatest MMA story ever. Never heard before, and right now, up to this second, he doesn't know what it is.
0: <laughs> Joel, I, see, I'm fascinated by Joel, and I've been telling—there's
3: no truth to that.
0: I, I, I've been telling Chael about this because. Obviously, uh, you know, we, we've, we've known Chael through the public eye, but being a regular listener to You're Welcome As I Am, I keep hearing about this mystery figure, Joel, and I love the way you guys, you just reveal little bits of information at a time. Like, even being a loyal listener, I'm having to draw context clues like, has this guy been in prison? Like, I, I, that's what they said, right? Like, they just kind of made a passing reference to it, but I think that happened.
2: Yeah. The, the, the greatest thing that's going on right now in entertainment is me. and And, and let me tell you why. All right, let me tell you why. I have a boss right here who says, listen, man, in 50 years, you've come up with five friends. <laughs> Don't try to be anybody you're not. we are come to Vegas. He's like, drink, gamble,
0: and be stupid. And I'm like, I can do that, Daddy. Now, the, the other, see, the other thing I love about when I listen to your show about, about Joel is when he speaks, he speaks very cryptically sometimes, and sort of euphemistically, and he'll drop his voice down real low like this, man, and he'll lay something on you like you'll be expressing some hot opinion, and he'll go, you know, the honey's tasting sweet, but, but Papa Bear's got to get back to the cave, man. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, that's deep. Wait, what? What? <laughs> But it does sound very profound.
1: He, he has his own language, and I happen to speak Joel. I mean, he said somebody was crackers yesterday, and my wife said, well, what does that term mean? But yeah, he's got his own language. And I love to tell the story, Richard, uh, because I think it will just paint a picture. But there was a house in my uh, hometown of Westland. Yeah. I love this house, and I drive past it every day. It's got the, the greatest view in the whole city, and it's never gone for sale. And I've always wondered— if that house ever goes for sale, I'd like to know about it first. One day we pull by the house that I've told Joel a hundred times how much I like this house, and the guy that owns the home is outside doing yard work. So I tell Joel, here's our chance to talk to the homeowner. Maybe we can get information. If down the road he's going to sell, maybe he'll contact us first. Joel says, great. I, roll, I pull over. Joel rolls his window down and yells out the car to the guy, what's the money on it, Haas? That's all he says. There is no backdrop, no information, and I just hit the gas. In
2: in fairness, in in fairness, now when I met young Sonnen, uh, I was on a sober kick. Was. I'm not on one tonight. All right, all right. And he came over on on the 4th of July where, where we have this big block party and, and he picks me up, and I am three sheets to the wind. So, yeah, we roll out my Hummer. You forgot that when you drove me back after me mentioning, which was the only question to ask was, what is the money on it, Hoss? I was on top of the roof as you drove me home. Of the car? The Hummer, Yes. Yeah, he
1: crawled through the sunroof. His feet are in and I'm driving and he's got his shirt off and it's a big mess and I've never had a drop of alcohol. I only take performance enhancers. And so I didn't know <laughs> uh, But I didn't know a damn thing about it. I didn't you know I'm drunk, but I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, you know, I was 25, 26 years old. I didn't really know what it meant. So it's like I, he's on the roof, but he's he's an adult, what, you know? I, I, that's that's just what happened. Yeah, so
2: whatever's going on with with the podcast that, that I'm the one guy that
0: can say whatever the F I want, and you guys love it. I have a question for you, Frank. Uh, if I was not this guy, if I was that guy, what would your wife's reaction be to you hanging out uh, with oh, me as much on. as you do? Because I'm an approved happen. friend by Mrs. Mir.
3: No, uh, well, uh, let's see. What up, Jennifer?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that just sounds like he could really lead you astray.
3: Well, and actually, Chael's probably not the most normal uh, or stereotypical fighter, I think most of the guys that are willing to step into a, a cage and fight have a little bit less uh, impulse control and uh, less fear than uh, some of our uh, <laughs> uh, counterparts in society. So I think if I were to be hanging out with somebody that was not like you, who you are very much at times when we are having our little meetings with Mrs. Meir, and I'm like, we're going to do this or this, or I should do that, and you have the same look on your face that she does. You're like, oh, please, for the love of God, do not do that. Do not say that. I'm like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if I went and I tweeted this? Like, that's why actually you guys know that before I tweet anything, I have to get approval from Mrs. Meir and from from Richard because yeah. some of my thoughts. We have a
0: two-tiered filter system. Yes. Yeah. So uh,
3: so what we're saying now, I guess, in a short uh, or very long about way is that uh, if, uh, Joel, you and I were to work together, we would be in jail pretty quickly
2: not a bad
0: place <laughs> now this may surprise uh, you guys i don't know if you uh, know but uh before you came in tonight but of the, the the guys on stage here somebody's got their next fight made somebody actually has a big fight announcement it's coming up uh very soon in uh, uh may i believe and it's joel Chael, so for more I, so on this, uh, can you help us uh, explain?
1: Yeah, I'll tee this up, and then you can take it over. Uh, there was a gentleman that was very uh, proficient in the, uh, in the dot-com. MMA uh, really is ran in dot-coms, and John Morgan has kind of taken over the space. In fact, he's here tonight somewhere. Shout out to Big John. Covering
0: uh, uh, for MMA Junkie, by the way. We gave them the exclusive coverage on this gig, by the way. A lot of journalists put in uh, credential requests. We only approve one. That's right. John Morgan and MMA Junkie.
1: That's right. So there was a time when... (laughs) From the cheap seats. Thanks, John. John. There was a time when there was this gentleman named Ryan Bennett, and he started a a website called uh, MMAWeekly.com. And Ryan Bennett, uh, rest his soul, was in a car wreck, and he he passed away, and he had a family, so they did a fundraiser through the WEC. If you guys remember the WEC, it ended up being a pretty big deal, and uh, the UFC even bought it and absorbed it. But at any rate, when Ryan Bennett had passed, they did a fundraiser, and uh, they were looking for fighters to come out and uh, fight for free. And all the proceeds would would, uh, go to Ryan's family, so... Wes Sims, who was a, a UFC fighter, he fought Tim Sylvia a couple of times. He fought with Frank Mir at least once. You fought him twice. I did. Okay, you fought him twice, and he fought Sylvia once. Is that how that went?
3: Well, he actually fought Sylvia twice. Also, he fought him. Uh, well, no, no, that's right. He only fought Sylvia once in Hawaii.
1: Okay, and then you so, fought him twice in the UFC. I did. So, at any rate, Wes Sims steps forward. Well, no one's going to fight that gorilla on, you, you know, for no money, except my neighbor Joel. So Joel gets a hold of Scott Adams and Reed Harris, who, who owned the organization at the time, and uh, said, hey, I'll, I'll come out there and fight that guy. So they put him as the main event, and the fight lasted a little less than 30 seconds. The good news is Joel got the silver medal. Bad news is there's just two of them out there. <laughs> and I called – how many years ago? About 2008, 2007, long six? time ago. Yeah, and so I called Joel. I, I promote a small show in Oregon. I called Joel. I said, how'd you like some redemption? He said, "I'm in." So, so May thirteenth, he's fighting West Sims.
2: So, so we actually, yeah. I, I actually had a bit. I actually had a bit. Mm-hmm. I was going to do, and I was going to say, you know, the the, who am I?
0: He's our, know, we are we're, we're, we're ten minutes in. He's up off the stool. This is about <laughs> to get dicey. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I thought he was going to walk right we, off that stage. Can Richard. we run
2: those? Can we run those uh, cranberry and vodkas up here? So <laughs> no, no. But seriously, I had a, I had a bit, and I was going to say, hey. Who am I? I'm, I'm with the eccentric. I'm with the world champion. I'm with Mr. Charisma. But the one truth of the story now we've jumped the around eccentric. a little bit Yeah. is I said, you know, we got the world champion right here. We have a common opponent. He beat him twice. And that guy tapped me out in 27 seconds, which means it would take me longer to walk over to see Frank than it would take Frank to whip my ass.
0: Right. Welcome to the club. By MMA ahead. math, yes. Yes, it would. That was when you applaud.
3: Yeah. We went upstairs and actually had a discussion about this. I think I laid out a pretty good game plan on how you can come out victorious. In this matchup. Yeah,
0: see, now this is very beneficial. What you guys are actually about to see is some live, impromptu uh, recon information on an opponent. Because I don't know if you've heard Frank do analysis. He's quite gifted at it. I know a thing or two about him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is Joel's opportunity to actually have an expert coaching analysis on a former opponent. What would you suggest, Frank, if you're helping uh, Joel game plan for West? Well, first
3: of all, uh, I see a little bit of the year's. Um, I'm assuming that of all the things that you're probably not great at in MMA, wrestling is probably the least or the most, how can we say this? So, I suck I'm at everything. I'm basically saying you're not going to pull off a go-go platter anytime soon, right? I don't even
2: know what it is. There so we're, so right.
0: we're, we're starting off by trying to, to figure out where but he's the, sucks least the least weak. the least Okay. Right. So okay. I'm thinking
3: we've got a little bit of a wrestling program yeah. going here. Chael, can he wrestle a little bit? Yeah, he can wrestle. He can wrestle. Right, cool. He was a, right. a college wrestler. No, no. Uh, to ago. Wes Sims, uh, he can't wrestle for shit. So you have that going for you. So I'm thinking don't go out there and strike with the guy because the one thing Wes Sims does have going for him is he's tougher than shit. He'll take a beating... He's like a rat. You just keep stepping on him, crushing on him. You throw him in the dumpster. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, he's fucking scratching on the back door. The guy doesn't go away. So I'm thinking, you go out there, just take him down, fucking pass the guard, half guard, a little bit of pressure. Um, I'm thinking you might have a weight advantage. I'm just throwing that out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a little maybe north-south, you know? Uh, <laughs> I've, I've never I would call it the 69, but I don't want to get you in that frame of mind, you know? <laughs> the, the, one thing,
2: the one thing you don't want to do when, when you get older, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the podcast and I, I act like a lunatic and I act like a tough guy, is you can be a tough guy, don't go find out you're not a tough guy. My whole body hurts. I've been getting my ass kicked for the better part of two weeks. He'd kill me in eight seconds. Wes is probably going to get me in 30 seconds and you're going to laugh all the way to the bank.
1: Hey, 30 seconds is a win. You made 27 seconds the last time. All you're looking to do is have a better performance this time, right?
0: Are you, Now, are you pro- right. trail? Are you promoting this fight? Yeah.
1: I'll, oh. I'll put it on the day well, before we do a submission well, underground. Right, we'll do, right away. To hold to on MMA. a second.
0: Hold it. There is all manner of conflict of interest uh, here going on. So for when Wes
3: doesn't get a room and he's out in the lobby the night before the fight, <laughs> we we'll no, know.
0: Well, Wes going to get his
2: ass kicked somehow come hell or high water. He's going to get his ass kicked. I ain't fighting Frank Mir. I'm fighting
0: Wes Sims. Alright. Well, I'm excited to uh, we're, we're, we're going to follow the progress of that fight. We're probably going to break that down more in depth than your average MMA podcast, uh, after, uh, after the fact. Uh, all right. How about we do this? I'm going to kind of, uh, uh, get Chill going here for a second because, uh, he told us that, you know, he would, he would regale us with some stories and that sort of thing. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, tee you up for that Chill, because you were telling Frank and I that you were going to lay out a story. On stage, you didn't even want to tell us in a private phone call. We weren't even on the podcast. Just he still doesn't the know what you're the like. Story I'm is. packaging. It. His wheels are turning, right? I'm packaging it, and uh, I'm 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 going to chat up for the first time on stage.
1: Yeah, well, so here it goes. And, and once again, we're in a comedy club, but this isn't. Uh, it's not. It's not a funny story. It's just. Uh, but here's what happened. And the reason I find this so interesting, and I had a different story, Richard. I was I was going to tell, but I didn't get approval from the uh, star character of it. But let me tell this story. Bits and pieces of it might be known, but let me tell it from start to finish. In 2005 is when uh, when the UFC took off because of uh, the exposure it got on the first ever Ultimate Fighter. Forrest Griffin fought Bonner, and before you knew it, boom, we had an actual uh, viable business and industry here. I made my debut in 2005 on the very card that I'm I'm referencing. So what was going on with the Ultimate Fighter is it was on Monday nights uh, at 10 p.m. That was the time slot. Vince McMahon's product of professional wrestling was on uh, from 8 to 10 p.m., and they were both on Spike TV, and the Ultimate Fighter was being advertised during Monday Night Wrestling. So Vince McMahon calls Dana White and says, hey, quit advertising to my crowd. And Dana says, I, I don't control any of that. We, we give the product, and that's up to Spike. Uh, you know, I'm not even the guy to talk to. And Vince goes, well, I'm making it your problem. Do not advertise to my crowd. Why would somebody watch my fake fight when they could just wait till it's over and watch your real fight? It's a, it's a big deal to me. And, again, Dana just goes, look, I don't control this, Vince. You're talking to the wrong guy. So Vince McMahon called Mike Goldberg, the ring announcer. You guys remember Goldberg, of course? Uh, called Mike Goldberg and said, Mike, I will give you $100,000 to no call, no show the UFC this week. Now, not only can you not show, but you can't call and tip them off. I want to hurt their show, and I'll give you hundred grand just on your word. I'll wire it to you right now. Goldberg hung up and called Dan and told him what happened. He did the right thing, so that's why you saw Goldberg stick around for so long. But the reason it's so interesting is that night, the heavyweight championship was being contested, and Andre Orlovsky was the heavyweight champion of the world. He was making $18,000 to show and $18,000 to win. So the biggest prize in all the sports were at the uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, completely sold out. The biggest star in the sport at that time was Andre Arlovsky. He's making 18 and 18, and Vince McMahon is willing to pay a ring announcer who adds no pay-per-view or anything monetarily to the show hundred grand. And Dana realized, man, I got a problem here. And I don't know what happened after that in terms of what calls were made, but I can tell you the ultimate fighter never played monday again to this day and now they're on an entirely different network of fs1 they have never played monday night since and i think it's a great story
3: were you surprised though that mike goldberg didn't get a sign off yeah. yes i was because i thought or he did very like heavy lifting a, i mean yeah. come on mike goldberg has been a staple of the ufc for for years you know, i mean he called my very first fights you're for you know competing in the ufc um Shit, man! Like for the fact that, that that I knew that you know we all knew that he, that was going to be his last show for whatever reasons there was no contract agreement was met at the end of it, but uh, the fact that he didn't get any kind of sign off, no no homage to like hey thank you for your time you know at the end of the show take 30 seconds to. Say your piece, whatever you know, and that's what we give you. The fact that it was like, all right, just like run of the mill, any other day, he's not there now, and and then we just move on. Like I was extremely disappointed.
1: Yeah, and you know his hometown is Phoenix. After he leaves, a uh, contract isn't met. After he leaves, the very next show that the UFC did was in Phoenix, and Goldberg bought a ticket, walked in the. Walked in the door and sit in the stands. And I just thought, I thought, well, that's a little peculiar. What is the backstory here? And, you know, Frank, you can't keep a secret in our business. I never heard. I don't know what happened or why he's gone, but yeah. I think he'll be missed.
3: Yeah, and the, and the new guy, um, I don't know, whatever his name is. Well, well that's a Grisham. So
2: the story you need to tell that is way better than the bullshit story that you just told was the Team Quest story when they sent you for the microwave. Oh, the fax machine. The fax machine. There you go.
1: <laughs> All right. Again, I, I. Okay. Let me take a shot at. It. I, Dan and Dan Henderson, Randy Couture. They owned a gym. that was called Performance Quest. This is before Team Quest, and it was basically a weightlifting gym. They did martial arts out of there. And the whole performance uh, quest thing was, in, as, as opposed to doing the traditional belt system in martial arts, they said, look, we're not about belts here. We're about performance. We will teach you how to fight so you can perform well. Okay, you've got performance quest. Well, I was in college, and so I was working there. Front, I was the front desk girl, as Dan Henderson tells the story. And so I was working at the front desk, and they needed a fax. Randy lived right up the street, like two miles from there. And Randy came in and said, uh, hey, go get the fax at my house. And they had just bought this gym, and it didn't have a fax machine. So I assumed I was bringing the machine from his house. So I go to his house. There was a fax, like a paper or something. I thought he needed that. So I took it out. I put it on his desk at home. I go behind the computer. I unplug everything, and I bring him his fax. And when I walk in with the machine, he just says thanks, like a cool guy. He just says Thanks. And I find out a couple of days later from Dan Henderson... See, Randy's really nice, and Dan's a dick to me. So Dan then lets me know that I was supposed to go home and grab the fax off the machine and come back, not bring the entire machine.
2: Isn't that way better story than the Goldberg thing?
1: But that could happen to anybody, man. Those guys, none, none of those guys speak clearly. You know, Randy has his own language, much like you do. And then, uh Dan Henderson, it's like... Effort to even talk to you, douchebag. You know, that's what, I called Dan Henderson one time. I'm gonna fight Michael Bisping on Fox. And if I win, I'm gonna fight Anderson Soma for the World Championship. It's a big fight. Henderson's in the same weight class. He's fought Bisping, he's trained with me for years. So I call Dan Henderson the night before the fight, which is a tradition for me, and I ask him, uh, hey, I can beat this. Can I beat this guy? That's what I ask him every time. Can I beat this guy? And he goes, uh uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't see why not. And then I can hear him, like, talking to his kids kind of off phone, and he comes back. I can tell he's not enveloped in this conversation at all. So then he finally says to me, well, is it three or five rounds? And at that time, I was going around with a UFC belt. I was telling people I was the champion. And, and so it's like, and the only time you fight five rounds is if you're a world title fight uh, or you're the main event. And I wasn't the main event. We we're co-main event. I wasn't the world champion. I'm thinking, Dan, are you not even following this sport? Yeah, you know, this is a big deal. This is on Fox. It was the second time ever on Fox. Rashad Evans is headlining the show, and I'm not the world champion, even though I keep telling people I am. Anderson Silva is, and you're in the division. <laughs>
3: So, so you tell me, Dan? Is it three or five rounds? (laughs) Maybe you just sold it very well. Yeah, I think so, man. Just, just so you know, the way they put it for the story, you just, you know, Dan was enveloped.
1: Frank, I answer his question. I say it's it's three rounds, and he uh, so then he finally comes clean after all of this, and he flat out says, "Who are you fighting?" So, <laughs> this is after he builds me up, and he, he didn't ask all you these what things.
3: organization, at least, right? Yeah, no, he didn't ask <laughs> yeah, what okay, organization. didn't get that bad.
1: But then he did slip one of the, the final piece of the story is he said, when I'm asking him, can I beat this guy? He says to me, "Did you train?" And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I trained for the fight. But the fact that you asked me that is, is direct evidence that you have been in fights yourself that you have not trained for. <laughs> like that would never even cross my mind. And he asked me that. He finally said to me, uh, who are you fighting?" After 5 <laughs> minutes of assuring me I could beat
0: the guy. So, all right.
1: I brought the facts.
0: There where are go.
1: what are we where I are we in the show? I love yeah, that. All right, I here's, we're here's what shooting. we're going to do.
0: Things are going to get Richard, physical. can I interrupt real yeah. quick?
1: We actually have, a, we, we have three friends in here from England. They, they really? Moved, they moved to Las Vegas, but they've got the British accents and all. Two guys and one hot girl. I don't know how that whole thing works. She's but having a, a baby a named Joel. A quick shout-out for our oh, friends. Oh, boy. For our friends yeah. from England. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Did you
0: guys – yeah, welcome our uh, <laughs> exactly. British friends. Uh, did you guys uh, uh, all move <laughs> together when Lundin's you moved? <laughs> no? You just regrouped once you were over here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Does anybody know what he just said?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think he just said they're gymnasts. That's what you said, right? <laughs> See there? I'm bilingual. I got two I, years. I got two. I heard two years. Well, welcome, <laughs> welcome. Uh, you've you've arrived at an interesting a, uh, time. Um, a newbie
3: coming in here, huh? Little Joel. Brats.
0: Little Joel or Six or Joella.
3: So we got a boy, a girl. Do we know? We got no idea. Oh, you waited the surprise. Ah. So you already have names set up both ways, or? We're starting to talk about it. Do you guys have any of the type of uh, um, customs that, like, uh, you know, they put the pillow on the the two chairs, and you know, that's a Cuban one, for example, that we had my wife do because of my my ancestry, right, my father from Cuba. We put scissors under Here one chair. Here comes another
2: bad story. <laughs>
3: If you go on, uh, oh, no, 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 a warning: th- if I'm talking about kids or wife, that will get you hurt at the end of the story. <laughs> scissors <laughs> under a pillow. Scissors what or a knife. Mean? Well, the scissors is for the woman. Okay. So if it's a girl and she chooses the chair with the scissors, it's supposed to mean it's going to be a girl. Or if we put a knife, men knives, right? You know. I don't like
0: either one of these <laughs> possibilities where this is. You know, there's utensils. a weapon under each pillow. Yeah. So. Yeah. So by
3: chance, do you guys have anything like that in England, where any kind of old wives' tales on how to pick if it's a boy or a girl? Not at
0: all. All right. Well, do you have a pair of scissors and a knife? It, yeah. what is
1: the relevance to this? I got the knife, but why, why the scissors for oh, female for girls? You know, s- uh, s-
0: uh, sewing. Oh. <laughs> scissors. I get it. I Time. didn't.
1: I, I didn't
3: get it. Yeah.
0: I work at a brothel. Hey, wow. the guy. <laughs> I'll be here. By the way, I will be doing comedy, much like that, uh, here next week. So please come out. All right, because we're gonna do something right now that uh, I, I am particularly nervous now, right? about. This is your cue. Go, uh, Frank's gonna step into the green room for a second. He's yeah. got to do a little wardrobe change. So
3: no one gets shot on accident. All
0: right, here's. Let me explain what's happening here, and give Frank a second to uh, do whatever he's got to do in the back. So we started talking on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. About, actually, we were doing another media appearance. That's what we were doing. We were on our friends uh, uh, George and Goza's show from MMA Junkie. You guys listen to them? Anybody listen to MMA Junkie Radio? Yeah, great friends of ours. And so uh, we get the headsets on, okay, and the show's about to start, and the engineer is playing the return music, you know, the music they play when they come back from break. And I was naming the songs, like, name that tune. And he's like, man, you know, how do you do it that quick? And I said, you want to see something, cue up some Bruce Springsteen, and I can name any Bruce Springsteen song in one second, any song. So he put me to the test, and I started firing it off. So uh, we came up with an idea that we want to see if I can name a Bruce Springsteen song before Frank Meir can submit me. You guys want to see this? I do. You guys want to see us do this right here? I do. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm very nervous about it. Yes, probably so. It's going to go very Um, bad. Let me just explain that I have this uh, savant-like skill, but... Uh, I have never tried to do it under duress, okay? And this is going to be extreme duress. So uh, give me, uh, let me just warm up here for a second if I can. I'm going to ask Kelly back in the back. We got Kelly back there. What he's going to do is he's going to play uh, a couple of, uh, just give me a Springsteen track, give me a One Mississippi, and I want to make sure I can hear it well, and then I will tell you guys the song. Stop, This Hard Land. Okay, see there, I got it. Give me one more. Glory days. See how I did that? That's pretty okay. quick, man. I don't know. It's not that bad. Well, yeah, but I don't have somebody who's actually broken other people's limbs trying to break mine while I'm identifying the Four track, championships,
2: okay? by the way.
0: Yeah. So, so, and that's all I'm going to get of the tune. Okay? So, what we're going to do is we're going to clear some space. Now, Chael is going to be the referee. Okay? Chael, you were in charge. Tra- this is very important. Are you listening? Because it's a very I, oh, important job. Him. Okay. So, do we, I,
3: what positions are we picking again here? Do you really want to do guard? Or do you, I could just take your back real quick? Or...
0: What what would you well let me let me get, let me explain the roles here, real guys, quick, real quick. What do you guys think? Chill's you gonna mean? you're gonna hold the mic and everything. I right? say it real gets quick.
3: harder, so we yeah. can pick a position that's somewhat neutral. Or do you want to just are we one and done?
0: Okay, crucifix. Wow, I like this. Thanks do for the have... help over here. Boy, no Is friends is, is there. It somebody that's rooting for phone booth fighting to be a solo podcast in 2017? <laughs> I can see what's happening here. All right, maybe crucifix in a minute. Okay, let's work up to that. You want to hear my uh, you want to hear my MMA related crucifix joke? Maybe Workshop it. Let's hear. What do you got? Uh, you know, a lot of people like to uh, point out the fact that Jesus could uh, didn't tap, but he sure didn't have much of a defense for the crucifix. <laughs> All right, that's my MMA related joke there. Ooh. All right, so here we go. You want to start with guard? We'll go with guard. All right. Okay. So chill. you're ref. And I got it. I got it. Listen very closely. I, I will. Okay. Because let me just <laughs> let me just the? what. All right, is that all of them? What Are you completely happened? disarmed at this point? No, actually I'm not. I'm not all right, all right. So, chill. Uh, uh, I, just, I just want to be very clear about one thing, okay? Bruce Springsteen does not have a song called I Tap, 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 okay? Right. So that's, in that case, that's not me identifying a song, that's me, I will stop uh, the action. I am rooting for you, I am picking against you. All right.
1: <laughs> but I
0: am rooting for you. Jennifer, if this goes poorly, I love you. And uh, <laughs> carry on without me, take care of the pets. Uh, okay, uh, Kelly, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. All right, so we're going to start guard? Yeah, it looks like it. All right. All right, everybody stand by.
1: <laughs> Who cues the DJ? Do I cue the DJ or do you yell go? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you yell go when you're ready, and we'll hope the DJ's ready.
0: Yeah, 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 uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give the go. Okay, so I'm gonna say go, and then you play the tune, and Frank does his, uh, applies his craft. Okay, we ready? All right. Uh, go. Mile Miletown!
1: Town. Uh,
0: okay. Let me just say that even though I knew this was gonna be, <laughs> it was really fucking scary. <laughs> Frankly, your your reaction was slow as molasses. I mean, were you going to defend that or not? Well, here's the problem. All right, And this is exactly what I envisioned. I've got I've got rudimentary jujitsu skills. I'm a black belt at naming Springsteen songs, but I've never tried to do both at the same time. It was like walking and chewing gum. I was trying to think and, and I did feel the herky jerky panic. <laughs> How <about you> doing? <laughs> all right, okay. So we get the idea. All right. So what do you what do you want to do? Do you want to go uh, another? Position? Yeah, yeah. What well, you call?
1: Side control. Side control, ladies and gentlemen. That is where he's Controlling from the side.
3: watch. Put
0: this here. ready? Oh, God almighty. <laughs> hey, what if I can name the song, I don't know if I, can. I got breath to say it. All right. Okay, all right, okay. No, what do I okay, shrimp. That's what I need to think. Shrimp hard. Where are you? Okay. Right <laughs> Alright. Alright, go. Brilliant disguise. Great disguise.
1: What's it called? Brilliant disguise. Brilliant disguise.
0: That, can I also point out that, that I actually didn't realize Kelly was going to start playing the song, like, in the middle. I thought I was going to go from the beginning. So this is infinitely hard. I hope you people are impressed, okay, because this is a, a very sketchy thing. All right, where are we going now, Frank? Go ahead, have a this bit bombs if you don't get choked
2: out. <laughs> now, not all the
1: dialogue this time, Richard. The only thing you should be saying is Go. So. just say the word to me you say the word to me and I'll stop this hungry heart hungry heart break ladies it's all over big hand for Frank and Richard thank you you know I was kind of with Joel on that I thought for sure like you guys had worked this out and you'd be going to sleep sooner that, w- that, that was, was no actually work. legit yeah, yeah.
0: that was legit that was no work uh, oh boy well, and, and also because I know how to update a Wikipedia page and Frank doesn't, later tonight he's going to go on there to find that he competed in a grappling tournament with me and could not submit me. Yes. From <laughs> dominant positions. Yes, from dominant positions, exactly. Woo! That, okay, you, all right. That was bad, Mr. Muir. Why don't we... Uh, well, why don't it's we not f- a very good show. We don't know what we're doing. It's, this is well, what we call well, improv. Let all. me just say, if, if, if you guys uh, in, enjoyed that little tester, we'll do more of this when we do more of these shows... And I will make it more complicated. Springsteen's my go-to artist, so maybe I'll let, uh, let him just roll some random classic rock or something like that. Some right. Justin Bieber? Make it a little tougher.
3: He'll be <sighs> gone to sleep. All
0: right. Uh, let's do this. We do need to thank a sponsor, okay? And uh, I want to thank uh, Earth's Brew. I've got the Earth's Brew box out here. Uh, they were so kind as to be the uh, title sponsor of this particular uh, joint podcast with uh, You're Welcome Chell and Joel, and uh, these guys have a uh, all natural, uh, plant-based vegan product, which is important to vegans like me. Uh, alcohol-free, uh, sweetened with stevia. It's got turmeric in it. Frank and I take it after uh, we do uh, jujitsu oh. and that sort of stuff.
3: will be happy about it. There's no alcohol. That's oh, right. There's nice. not. There's a, none free. of that. It's is there any Joel. steroids? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not
1: completely
0: we sold on it. We have test it, it
3: afterwards yeah. and find out if oh, I use as an all right. excuse. I'll consider, it anyway. uh,
1: I'll consider it anyway.
0: It's a company that is uh, started by a couple of phone booth fighting listeners from Arizona, Joel and Jonathan. And uh, they listen just like you guys. So if you go on the, uh, on the Earth's Brew uh, uh, website, which is earthsbrew.com, and you enter the promo code phone booth, you get 10% off any and all uh, orders. So we want to give them a big round of applause for supporting us on this uh, podcast. Thank them. Good and read. We can't say it's male enhancing there. We that like was a good pop similar. right there. Yeah, it was. And uh by the way, we've got samples for everybody. Take a sample when you're way on your way out the door. We're gonna do a little meet and greet outside and everything. You guys wanna do pictures and stuff like that? So make sure you uh grab yourself uh some Earth's brew. I'm really Joel, trying to get my breath back right you now. To drink, it. Um so here's here's the thing, okay? Now, empty, guys. now that's uh that, that, we see what he's that, like sober. Please that might not be a drink. bad thing. Um, okay, so that's that's our legitimate sponsor Thanks, live read plug that I just did there, okay? But we have another idea that involves uh, the bad guy, Chel Sonnen.
2: The genius um, of all geniuses. It really
0: is. I listen to You're Welcome religiously three times weekly, and I've been saying for a long time that this guy is the gold standard of live reads for sponsors. You guys that listen to You're Welcome – you know when he, when he sells you on getting the, the mattress or the, the Books flowers or all those things, right? I mean, he's an amazing pitch man. Anybody named Mookie is brilliant. Mookie? You said Mook. No, no, isn't that, wasn't that a sponsor for a while, the bouquets? Books. Yeah, books, that's what I said. Yeah, books, yeah. I like Moki. He's drunk. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but he does He does this fantastic <laughs> job of, of being Ish. a pitch man, and I'm envious. I mean, because I deal with sponsors and stuff, and I'm always thinking, man, we're, this is the standard we're all going to fail to live up to, is uh Chelsea. So I had this idea, okay? another crazy idea. And uh, what I want to do, Chail Thanks, Frank. I want to, I'm going to throw you the name of a product okay it's gonna sound like a ridiculous product why on earth would anybody ever buy this thing that I'm about to talk about and then Chael is going to spontaneously improv a live read and tell you all the reasons you should buy it okay does everybody follow okay are you, are you up for this
2: I'll
1: try in, okay. in fairness
0: try. in
2: fairness with my half-drunkness ish Chael Sonnen is brilliant well, and he's going to show you right. that right now. Let's in, give it a shot. In fairness, the second story was better than the first, and he is going to blow you away right now.
0: All right, let's let's give that a shot. So uh, we're we're in a uh, we're in a boardroom meeting here, uh, chill. And uh, you know, you, maybe you're on the uh, Celebrity Apprentice or something like you just were, and they're introducing you to this product that you got to create an ad campaign for. Okay, so here's my product: FlatTireClub.com flattireclub.com. What this is, this is a monthly subscription service. You contract with our company, and once a month, we will send somebody out to flatten the tire on your car. Now, tell me why on earth anybody would ever pay to have somebody do that. Go. How's life? Feeling too much
1: pressure? (laughs) Feeling tiresome? Anybody just want to have a good year? <laughs> Go to flattire.com. Check out our product. Read our reviews. Don't believe us? They're flattering. Hey, Peace. listen. They're not all home runs, okay? Guy? No, even Babe great. Ruth. Even Babe Ruth struck out crazy, every now and then. I mean, that's a tough product to sell. What could I say? Hey, your wife sends you on too many errands. You don't want to leave the house? Call
0: us and we'll come shank your wheel. I mean... <laughs> Maybe there wasn't a whole lot I fake? could do with yeah. that. See, you're into it already. He's asking me if it's real or it's fake. Yeah. No, absolutely. That might be a selling point. All right, you want to try another one? Let's try another one. Okay. Uh, streaming music services are very popular, right? You got like uh, uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Music. Amazon's got their own music subscription service. So I've got a company channel that I'm thinking about uh, uh, advertising on. You're welcome. But it is a monthly subscription music streaming service for elevator music. Nothing but elevator music, 24/7. You will pay for the privilege of hearing uh, my uh, product, uh, which is called Snoozic. Snoozic is the name of my product. It's 24/7 Muzak elevator music. Go.
1: Before I begin, snooze is in this is boring music and i got to sell. See, you, you brought up the boardroom from Celebrity Apprentice, so I'm actually envisioning myself in front of the governor and I need to perform. And with that said, I think I have bought myself enough time. Here would be my pitch. Parents, tired of all the controversy in today's music, tired of hearing about sex and drugs pushed on your kids, listening to metal music, hearing your kids being told to hang themselves and pierce their eyebrow, go to snoozick.com All of the melody with none of the controversy.
2: Now, like it. Again, they're
1: not all home runs, people. All right,
2: all
0: right. Richard, I got one. Okay. All right.
3: Is Isn't like him tee you up with one, or you got a product?
0: No, he's got an idea for a product. You got a- you get an idea for a product, right?
2: No, I got an idea for a bit. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Run it. All right, so... Mr. Sonnen just embarrassed himself in front of the world. Oh, my God, it hurts. But Tito tapped. Tito tapped. Now, why on God's earth would John McCarthy come out and say, after missing the tap, I didn't hear the tap? Why would anybody do that?
1: I don't know that I know how
2: to respond to
1: that.
0: So here's the I thing with it. Can we set up what, what we're, we're talking about? Like please, the fight?
3: We need the translation. E- what are we talking about? Everybody yeah. just saw notes knows that Chale just fought Joel, Tito so Ortiz. I understood the question. Should I? All right.
1: So here's what happened. I fought a bum named Tito Ortiz. I laid an egg. Tito won, which, which is embarrassing. But what had happened during the fight, I thought that Tito had tapped. Now, I never said anything about this, uh, but I, I just thought he had tapped. And after the fight, there was a video going around of, of, of him doing this kind of motion. Now, in fairness to this, this is a tap, but there is other reasons you would do this with your hand. I can think back to a time that our friend Randy Couture fought Tito Ortiz, uh, had Tito in this precarious position where Tito's butt was w- was Tito facing was going up. Going for a
3: knee bar, he was inverted on the bottom against the cage, and your buddy decided to uh,
1: spank him, spank, spank him his on ass. the butt. But again, he spanked him like this, and the exact definition of a tap is this so there is times where you would do this motion and not be tapping at any rate uh, that's what had happened in the fight i thought tito tapped i for sure tapped and uh when the fight ended there was a video of that and i was going yeah i kind of remember that in the match because he verbally said tap and i I let a position go and when i let a position go and then you get the conspiracy theorists online that, that see the motion right before i let go they're going oh okay this was a fixed fight tito and chael had this worked out and when tito did this motion chael let go and it's like, well, you're close. I didn't know anything about that. I was, I heard him tap, and I let go. So, uh, to your question, you had said that Big John weighed in on this, and I don't know if you were looking for a response from me or not. I was just telling the audience what happened in the story. So, what is do you, what is your question specifically?
2: Why would Big John say that if he already missed the tap?
1: Yeah, we, and you'd have to ask Big John that. I will, I will tell you guys this, and we've seen some people that we really like in this industry that are no longer in this industry from uh, the great Burt Watson uh, Stitch Duran is still in, in the business, but not, not in the same spot that he was in. Uh, all the way up to an executive director in this state named Keith Kaiser. And one thing that does happen with, with some gentlemen is they want to be the star of the show. And that can get you in real trouble when you're talking about... Because this is a television show as much as it is a sport. Right. And when the executive producers are looking to push very specific people in their very expensive time slots and other guys are trying to come in and get any level of notoriety... It's going to piss people off fast. And as far as your question with John, I, I I love John and I respect John, but I don't know what that would help. For John to weigh in, I don't know what it would help. One, I don't know if he felt he needed to defend himself. And two, if there's a major fire burning for a rematch from me and Tito.
0: It sounds like a good reason to have a rematch, by the way. I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're going to say, Frank? Go ahead. Well, I
3: was saying, though, I, I feel like none of us so far have, have hit the criteria of Joel's storytelling...
0: You almost yes. choked me unconscious, though. Yeah, I mean, like that was. But he yeah, didn't I, I, I choke you unconscious. I got he a story didn't. for you.
3: Uh, yeah, it involves porn stars and, and cocaine and.
2: I like this. You're Go on. Uh, I like this. <laughs> All
3: right, so um, I'm watching some fights. We're sitting there at the UFC. We're front row, and uh, I'm sitting there with the wife, Mrs. Mir, and it's going to be Tito Ortiz versus Forrest Griffin. That's usually the start of a good story, right?
2: It's a good story if she said that.
3: So, I'm gonna try to tell it right. Well, if, hold on a second, Mrs. Mir, would you like to come up here and correct me if I sound wrong?
1: Jennifer. Jennifer. Jennifer.
3: Jennifer.
2: All right, here comes Mrs. Meer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This is uh, Frank's other half. A big round of applause for Jennifer. You, you hear us talk about Jennifer all the time on uh, the Phone Booth Fighting podcast. Sometimes okay. you hear her in the background.
3: So, um, Force and I, our friends, training partners, work out together. He's fighting. Yeah, and Tito, I at the time, I, I think Tito's great, you know, I mean, whatever. Uh, uh, we, we never had lunch together, but he's did a lot for the sport. Uh, I always thought that Dana my, it was my bitch was kind of funny, you know. I laughed. I think he's a great marketer. Uh, you know, so hey, you know, anybody who pushes the sport forward, we all benefit from. So uh at the time he um, for whatever fucking reason, uh, he decides to marry a porn star and have babies <laughs> with her. <laughs> I'm all for banging a pain store. Uh, you know, hey, I mean, you know, a blowjob, you know, hey, come on, guys. I mean, as a porn star, you know. That's kind of cool, but I'm with Tito cool. on this. Right. Right. I'm with you on that part, too, you know? Like, hey, it's like a, it's like driving a Maserati, you know? It's cool, the rental car. Y- you don't buy someone else's rental car, right? The, who would buy a rental car, right? Like, exactly. Like, I'm not going to buy the porn star. I mean, she's she had some miles on her, and some rubber's been burnt, you know? Well, and, <laughs> lack of rubbers. <laughs> and then not only do you marry a porn star, you marry the uh, the most prolific one of our time, right? The busiest one. The busiest one, right? right. I mean, come on. I mean, oh, anyways, I'm not going to get too... So, anyways, so... Uh, he's f- fighting Forrest and she sits down next to us and Tito has his buddy, is kind of hanging out with her and they you sit down.
4: To, yeah, you have to say, so it's, you're sitting here, I'm sitting here, Tito's friend, and then Jenna and her right. you know, sidekick, and guru, so, her friend. Her and
3: buddy. so they sit down and right off the bat, like we look over and we're like, hey, you know, and so the buddy looks at me and he goes, hey, you know, you know. I'm like, hey, you know, we're rooting for Forrest, you're rooting for, you know, uh, Tito. You know, hey, shit happens. We're fighting. It is what it is. We all understand the business. He goes, Yeah. And the guy goes, Hey, by the way, I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, I'm a big fan. So he already obviously knows who I am. And we've already established that since he's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, if this gets physical, he's fucked. Well, no,
4: no, no. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. So her and her friend kept going to the bathroom. Right, right. No, I was going to get to every that. Like 10 minutes, so then, so I Jenna, what this was is the cocaine part.
0: part. They she must have really it. had to pee. Yeah.
4: Yes. Well, if anybody yeah. knows that. Wait was- for
0: the cocaine part.
3: Well, this is the cocaine part. If we're all hanging out together and you tell me every 15 minutes you've got to go to the bathroom, you know, I'm assuming that you guys don't have a small bladder syndrome. That we all realize, well, except for a straight edge here, uh, realize that you're, you're doing lines of coke, you know. And so uh, she's coked out, and I worked for many years in a strip club, so, you know, uh, it wasn't a, a hard I thin-
2: snorted coke for many years.
3: There you go. So between Joel and mine's expertise, I was around a lot of coked out whores. So I could peg one when I seen one, right? And so... uh,
4: So before it started, I knew that there was going to be a problem. A little bit of an issue. I told the guy, hey, you know, basically may the best man win. Because I knew that they were going to be rooting for Tito and we were going to be rooting for Forrest.
3: So the fight commences and uh, it's a close fight. Tito takes him down, Forrest is going through. So the fight's pretty close, right? Goes into the third round. And Tito completely shuts down. I don't know if you guys watch or remember this fight in particular. There, yeah, so this was the last one, the last time they fought each other. In the third round, Tito throws zero punches, zero ta He's just sitting there for like five minutes. So it, it's kind of curious to me. So I'm sitting there, and I'm very much of a an analyst at all times of martial arts. That
2: wasn't your- bad movement that you just did right there. Was I wasn't think if you right? would have... I think you would have, went have to with make that against Mr. Richard, you would have choked him out. Go know. on. <laughs> so
3: you said it under your breath. So I said it just kind of to myself. Then I'm like, huh, I wonder if he's hurt. Like, did he break his hand or something? To myself, I'm talking to myself, watching a guy who is completely shut down. And I'm in jail, you've done it, right? You, color, you call fights, commentary, you sit there, you talk to yourself. Like, huh, I wonder why he's doing that. So all I said. Like, why? So I said, I wonder if he broke his hand. You know, it makes sense. If you stop throwing punches, maybe you're hurt. Maybe there's something going on that we're not aware of, but I'm curious. I'm okay, just, this, this is where I have to take right. over after so this. So the guy doesn't hear me, and so then Let he. Let Miss Jennifer
2: uh, in. You yeah. have to take
4: over so after, after me, this. Go ahead. Okay, so you said that. So Tito's friend, I'm innocently sitting like this, watching the fights, and he says, Oh, hey, Frank, what did you say? And you go, Yeah, I, I don't know what's going even on. I didn't hear him. You guys, you were talk. You guys started no, no. talking. When he about first asked me,
3: that's why you had to answer him because he first goes, "What did he say?" And I was so encompassed in the fight. You're you gonna lose for this me. one, Frank.
4: Yes. All right, right. And I yes, and then I got you, and you guys started talking yeah, started about talking. it, right?
0: Can I ask a question? Is this the the blue belt who's doing the what you just say? Yeah, he did. He okay, goes. as a fellow blue belt, let me just say we know not to say anything. I'd be like. So
3: he asked, he goes, "Hey, what did he say?" So my wife goes, "He thinks maybe he broke his hand." So then we, we're gonna go have a start. So a the conversation. two of them
4: started talking back and forth about it, and then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, it still like pisses me off. All of a sudden, Jenna, who's sitting the porn star where Chael is, and the friend sitting here, she reaches across from behind yeah. the guy and shoves me and says. Quit talking to my... Can I say a bad word? Uh, Yeah. Okay, perfect. Quit talking to my fucking friend. That's my fucking friend. Who the fuck do you think you are? Quit talking. Leave him alone. And then so instantly, like, my personality, I can can be very aggressive very instantly. So I was thinking, I wanted to punch her in the face, but I'm thinking, okay, you're sitting in the front row. You know, it's still, it's my husband's job. We're at his work. His bosses are there. I try to hold myself very, you know classy and ladylike so all I could think of though I still had to retaliate so I calmly said why don't you go shoot another porno bitch and then I just looked forward boom <laughs> oh no it boom. Was better
3: Okay. It gets bad. Well, then, at this point, I'm still not really aware of what's going on over the top of my shoulders. No, he's not even paying attention. Because I'm watching the, watching the fight, my friend's fighting, right? As I'm sitting there and the fight's close, it could go either way. So, finally, Jennifer lets me know. That well, this, no, yeah. You he, tap me like, what the fuck? So, then I look over. I'm like, what, what? You know? And then I look.
4: You see the movie The Exorcist? So, I look over and I like see Jenna Jameson. And, like, green stuff is coming like, out.
3: Yeah,
4: she, frizzled, she right? went ballistic. Oh, so
3: I'm sitting there going, oh, fucking coked out fucking female. It's all fucked up. Jesus Christ. What, what am I going to do, right? So I'm like, aha, I got an idea. Her buddy, I can't whoop her ass, but I can fuck him up. He's a guy, right? So then I look over at him, and I'm like, yo, buddy, you need to fucking do something now, right?
0: And I'm like, hold on. Let me get my blue belt on.
3: <laughs> so the guy looks at me, and then he looks over at Jenna, and then he looks forward, and he pulls the ostrich just,
4: <laughs> he, just he, didn't was, say he just like like I'm like dude, uh,
3: you're still here just because you close your eyes, you didn't go anywhere. Like he just, you're here. <laughs> he
4: didn't say anything. So she's screaming, and you were getting upset because you just wanted to watch the fight. Yeah, like, so then I was like, so she's you, a fucking cracked-out whore.
3: What do you? I mean, like leave yeah, you're him. all just worry about
4: it later. So we're waiting, and she's screaming at me, and screaming at me, and screaming so at another me. Another home run. So you run then threw? Maybe yes, maybe. because then she's screaming, and I'm still pissed off that she. Shoved me, because, you know, I mean, there's someone's you. space. Can we get back she to the, the money
2: that. line? What did you tell her before?
4: No, 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 then, no, no. after, again, when she was still screaming at me, I said, you need to pay attention because your husband's fucking losing. So you That's need to not p- what you said. What did I say? Your husband's getting his fucking ass kicked. Oh, kit. yes. I said, you need to pay attention because your husband's getting his ass kicked. You no, coke caught like, yeah, whore. But, no, it gets... So, after this, after the whole... After no, so, then,
3: so the fight ends... And we stand up, and I'm like, Jennifer, let's get up. I don't want to have... I mean, cause what do, I mean honestly, what am I going to do? If a female then decides to put hands on Jennifer, I grab her. Nothing. No matter how this is going to be written up afterwards, I'm a fucking asshole, right? I grabbed the fucking 100-pound fucking porn star and launched her into the next row, right? Like,
4: or I did. Or I just, did. It's
3: going to be ugly. That's it's a no-win situation. So there's certain conflicts where you look at it and you go, fuck, man, no matter what path I take, this is going to be shitty tomorrow morning in the so news. So We left. So we get but up to leave, and, like, we're going to leave. But no, my wife decides to give one more last parting. It doesn't parting.
4: end, I know, it doesn't end there. I just couldn't get past that she shoved me. It, I, I was so taken girl. back by that and shocked, and I I couldn't do anything back to her. If I could have just punched her, then I would have been fine, I could have moved on. But I was still upset about that, so Frank was very upset with me because he was out of town, and that's when Twitter, well, no, there no, was no, an you, Instagram. Hold well, let's finish how no, we left. Ta-
3: when we left there... As they announced for us the winner, my wife makes sure she's like,
4: "Yeah, fuck yeah!" It was, yeah you were I very, was screaming. You were no, very, I, I didn't. I didn't, you didn't flip say. Off. You I didn't flip at her. her off because we were at your job. But you I. made sure I, you. I, I didn't do that. Okay, so, so then we left. I didn't do that. I didn't do that.
3: So, but though, then my wife decides to not leave this. So Frank, I know.
4: So Frank, at, so <laughs> it, it. It was when there wasn't even Instagram. It was just Twitter and Facebook, uh, I think. I and think Frank so. was out of town. Yes, and. Um, BJ Penn was fighting I think I don't remember I was sitting there watching the fights with the kids and I'm on Twitter and we're watching the fights well Jenna I guess maybe because she started dating Tito she kind of felt like she knows a lot about fighting so she was giving her input on Twitter and that just irritated me she was yeah you know she. so I said so I said there's nothing like a porn star um Talking about fighting, and I said, "Well, I guess it is a form of grappling." I guess oh. I said, "Well, I guess."
3: What'd you say? She goes, "It's not like a porn star trying to put their two cents on in fighting." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Then you went and go, well, I guess it is a form of." What'd you say? It I was. I said
4: grappling. I no, said, "Well, you did I did not guess say por- it was a form what of grappling. What did grapple. I
3: say? You did not foreplay. She said it was a form of ground and pound. No, I,
4: I said grappling. <laughs> Boom. I said grappling. I said, well, I, I said, why is a porn star giving advice on fighting? And I said, well, I guess it is a form of grappling. That's what I said. And my phone
0: We're gonna stick with ground
4: and pound phone, right? my ground phone, my I
2: think ground and pound's the
0: one the winner.
4: My phone. When I edit
0: this audio, it's gonna say "Ground and Pound." And Go I ahead. Even,
4: okay, yeah. fine. And yeah. I even—I think I had a BlackBerry at that time. It shut down. I had every porn star I think in the world.
0: Yeah, no. It,
4: like my phone. I mean, just. They unite. Ba- oh, they united. Quickly.
2: Anytime you say porn star, they bashed I'll with you. me.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, they bashed me. It was pretty bad. Yeah.
0: That happens. Yeah, it was bad. That's uh, that's what it takes to be the wife of a two-time world champion. You can't be afraid to take on the world's most famous porn Thank star. Thank you, Jennifer. How about a big <laughs> hand for Jennifer? <laughs> There. Richard, yes. There's more to the story. What more was? The, you
3: the oh, the, one of the points was. Oh, that was one of the insulting things, right? The one of the girls called up and said that you were basically. I think one of the tweets oh, where you you're this? upset and jealous because Jenna's pussy tasted better than yours. Or? Oh.
4: Oh, there was a bunch of... There was all there, kinds no, of weird... Was, like, weird insults that, at a no. porn
3: star. Like, in the porn industry, when they insult you, you're like, I don't know if I'm slightly aroused or she angry. Said, like, she yeah.
4: said that I was just jealous because Jenna's married to Tito and I'm married to Frank Mare, who looks like he's in a boy band.
3: She made fun of my hair.
0: He kind of... Boo. Did. Boo that. You handled it right, Mrs. Mare. Good for you. All right, all right. Big hand for Mrs. Amir. So we're gonna do some uh, some Q and A here in a second. So we'll close down that. If you guys have some questions, we wanna we wanna do that do in that a minute. at least a little
3: bit better of a story for you. I mean,
2: your wife's hot, bro. I yeah, mean, yeah. You <laughs> Brought her up here. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't listen if to a word, no. She said. Your wife's hot, bro. Bring you're her just up here again. Just you know, pranked it all right, didn't he? You know, I told wha- him that before. Yeah, bring bring my you Do I know your room number, right? Up, yeah. Bring my hot wife up here. I'm not going to hey, get in trouble right? no matter how bad my stories are or I don't choke fucking Richard out. All my, right, we're gonna, my wife's hot. Her name's Jennifer.
0: We're going to try something. Uh, we're going to – I mentioned John Morgan from MMA Junkie a little while ago. Do Hold you guys, on. Do you guys Hold on, I, got I, just,
2: a, I got a question for John Morgan. It used okay. to be UFC Junkie, and then they made you change it. W- when did that happen? Where are at, John. Back in the back like 2005, 2006,
1: they sent a uh a friendly letter uh with some legal assistance that suggested that perhaps USC Junkie was not the best name for our website.
0: <laughs> uh, so And that right there is why John Morgan is the Anderson Cooper of mixed martial arts journalism, ladies and gentlemen. The the diplomatic, politically correct answer. Or, or that that's why they plu- paid the that plug bucks. I gave you. You know, so, start
2: running your welcome on your site, brother.
0: John, come on up to this microphone right over here. We're gonna simulate a little post fight press conference. Okay, this is an idea we have for you. Do you guys ever watch the post fight press conferences where uh, I ask a question, everybody laughs at me when they put my scr- <laughs> face on the screen? Right? Yeah. So, uh, so this is uh, something John, uh, this is where John and I are working together, right? We're always in the post fight press conference. And uh, we ask the fighters uh, questions. Is that Mike working? You good? I believe okay, so. Okay, good. Yeah. So, um, is everybody familiar with the, the Frank Mirror The legend of the Frank Mirface? face? Do you guys know about this? Number of years back, Frank was asked a uh, question at a press conference. We don't remember, we actually don't remember who the journalist was, which is the real crime. This guy deserves a lot of credit, whoever he was. But he asked Frank a question that was so obvious that uh, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't show him yet, but, but when Frank hears a very painfully obvious uh, question, he makes stupid. a certain uh, – Yeah, stupid question. He, he made, makes an expression. Question. So well, I knew John was coming out uh, to cover for MMA Junkie tonight, so I thought what we could do between uh, uh, Frank and, and Chael, who himself is a veteran of many post-fight press conferences, we would have John, the dean of MMA journalism, simulate uh some questions he will give his signature insightful questions but but here's the thing somewhere in that series of questions is going to be a really stupid obvious question and we believe we believe that that is what is going to prompt the frank Mir face that you're going to happen uh, you're going to see live here on stage so john uh let me uh turn it up just as we do at the post fight press conferences you always get the mic first so uh here is no exception <laughs> all right
1: well, I, I did want to start with Chael, if that's okay. Chael, I was, I was at your last fight, and, uh, man, you, you kept a, uh, a great face afterwards. You were very professional, uh, you know, handled yourself like a pro afterwards. But I did want to know, now that you've had some time to think about it, how did you feel after that? Because you, you touched on it earlier here tonight. You said you laid an egg. You said it wasn't your best effort. You handled yourself like a pro. But when you got home and you had some chance to think about it, how did you feel about your performance? Oh man, it hurt it, it hurt, you know. Tito sucks and and he beat me and he beat me fair and square, which means I suck even worse. And it's like, you know, if you fight a guy that's a champion and you beat him, you take his title. Whatever title he shows up with, you take it from him. It was the booby prize. John, I was fighting the guy that was the worst fighter in the sport. So now I'm the worst fighter. Now the next guy I fight, that's what we're fighting for. If I if I win, that guy becomes the worst guy. In the sport. And I don't say that for any kind of satire. It was just, you know, you come to this hard, this weird reality. I was out there fighting Tito, and uh, I I thought he had quit 10 seconds into the fight. He dropped on his hands and knees, and he stopped moving. Now, I know what that means, and fighters never talk about this publicly, but when a guy does that, that, that means get me out of here. That means put a choke on me and give me an opportunity to tap and l- let me go home. And I... Tito will get to that point a lot quicker than some other guys will, but this was 10 seconds in. But he was still giving me the get me out of here sign. So I just kept going for a choke that wasn't there. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy is terrible. And I end up on bottom, I'm going for a guillotine, but I got the leg on the wrong side and the the neck. But again, he gave me the sign. So I'm thinking to myself, you are terrible. He pops his head out, I'm stuck on bottom. I try to move, I can't move. And I go, oh my God, I'm terrible too. I didn't know. (laughs) John, I had no idea. I haven't been in there in three and a half years, but you know, Joel talked about it earlier today. If you want to think you're a tough guy, don't go out and test that because it's a lot more fun to think you are than to get confronted with the reality. So I get stuck in this position and this knucklehead that we don't have a lot of rules in this sport. We, there's kind of just, just one, and I don't just mean with the rule book, but I mean even amongst the boys in the back. When a guy taps, you let him go, and I tapped and he didn't let me go. And it was my neck, and I was fine, but that could have been my arm or a pale horror situation where it was a leg. And you know, we're having a totally different conversation. So he breaks the only rule that we have amongst the boys. And when we get in the back, he demands to me an apology at the press conference. He wants me to apologize. And I was like, Tito, the commission just asked me how do you want us to handle this? And I said, I don't. I'm out. I don't want you to fine him or suspend him or make him go to a hearing. We're good. We handled this like men. We're fine. But inside, I thought, you know, Tito, you you held a tap and you broke the only rule that we have. And, you know, something could happen out there. When a guy says, hey, I'm out, you got to let him out. Uh, but then he demanded I apologize to him. I go, man, I'm just dealing with a really weird guy. And that, that did make it harder. What do you harder. want to apologize for uh, he had he had thought that I had insulted him on on too high of a level the day before at the.
3: Some the about the You said his wife and, was a yeah, whore. Too many, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he told, too many syllables in the insult.
1: Yeah,
2: he had said that. Your wife is a whore. They
1: asked him, you know, what what does Chael Sonnen do well? Tito, give him a compliment. And Tito said, uh, he's made a he's made a lot of money with his mouth. And I cut him off and I just said, Tito, the only person i will make money with their mouth is your ex-wife. <laughs> Great line, dirty nasty line, but there's. Pretty good, though, too, right? And uh, he pipes, oh, he loses his cool and all hell breaks. But it's a press card, That's what you do. Uh, that was the whole thing. But he demanded an apology. And, you know, John, it really, it disappointed me. There were, I had a certain level of respect for Tito a, as a guy. You know, I, I kind of knew him more as a fan, even though I, I wrestled him back in college. But I, I don't really talk to him or anything.
3: And he still didn't let it go. Have you gone back and watched?
0: I, no, I never rewatched it. The only it. reason
3: why that choke was released was because John McCarthy jammed him in the throat.
0: Yeah, I John heard McCarthy's that. John McCarthy's a
3: black belt in jiu-jitsu. You talked to
0: John about yeah, that, right?
3: Yeah, so, and, so, and I asked him, you know, did you do what I think I saw you do? And he goes, well, yeah, he wasn't letting go, and I'm grabbing him. And, you know, and that's something that's very important for referees to be well-rounded mixed martial artists themselves. They can't just come from a boxing background. They have to understand joints because as dangerous it is to take a punch, a referee really can't help you out too much. At that point, you've been hit, you've been dropped. But if you're locked into a submission, they have to know how to break a submission. So if you have a situation like Tito, who has a rear naked choke wrapped, uh, John knew how to get his attention. He jabbed him in the throat and was able to attack the hand that was behind the head and rip it out. Or he was, I think, I think Tito was trying to pass you out. And, and so, I mean, still no credit to him for as far as letting it go. It was because you had the excellent refereeing of a person who was a very good referee that understands joint manipulation and chokeholds, and that's what saved you. Yeah.
2: Or, like Miss Jennifer
0: said, his wife was a whore. <laughs> All right, I believe uh, John Morgan from MMA Junk, you have a follow-up? I
1: do have a follow-up. Uh, Frank, obviously, throughout your career, man, it's been a legendary career, regardless of what happens from here on. You know, you, you've been a legend in the sport and an accomplished analyst as well. I wonder, in your opinion, is Brock Lesnar the greatest heavyweight of all time? I can't even at give you a Frank Manfred. Reference. I'm
3: just laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll try again. No, nah, that's not there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was too big of a joke. All right. But is Kito's
2: old lady a whore?
3: Fire,
0: fire, another, fi- fire another one at him, John. Is kangaroo meat now a
3: routine part of your
0: diet? Frank, he's looking for the Frank Mare face. I'm
3: sorry. You're making me laugh. That's fucking hilarious. All right, all right let me try again. Okay. One, more time, one more time, one more time. Give it to us again. Is kangaroo meat
1: a part of your diet
0: now? There it is, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. The Frank Mare face. All right. Well done. John Morgan, everybody. From John Nenna Morgan. Nenna Junkie. Thanks, buddy. Yes. All right. Guys, uh, why don't we do this? We're gonna uh, open for a few questions here, and then uh, we'll we'll be out in the lobby. You guys want to take pictures and uh, say hi? We've uh, we've got we've actually Frank and I brought merch, so we've got uh, phone booth fighting T-shirts, which uh, tonight only are gonna be twenty bucks. Normally they're twenty five, but this way you don't have to pay any shipping or any kind of stuff like that. Twenty bucks on T-shirts. We also have uh, fight posters that uh, everybody can autograph to, uh, and those are 10 bucks. Okay, so we'll be out in front doing those. Uh, you know what? Since we're, we're intimate here, if anybody wants to just – is anybody got a question? Does anybody got a question they wanted to ask? Anything, just fire away, and we will uh, just shout it out. Who's got a question? Anyone? Okay, what you got? Joel, since you're the master of stories, why don't you tell the story of your shirt? Okay, the question is – right, I, me, I let would me ex- love to tell a story I have to of set shirt. this up because so, so, we don't have a mic in the audience. The question was, uh, Joel is wearing a shirt, and we have to describe it since uh, this is audio. It says, Joel, can I see it? It says 81 slash 92 on it, and the, the uh, audience member wants to know the story of your shirt. All right.
2: The, the real story is uh, a buddy of mine, Reese, got dicked over in a, in a deal, and I was like, all right, let's go see this motherfucker. <laughs> now that Frank said fuck 986 times. As he does. I can say fuck. Yeah. All right. So I was like, let's go see this motherfucker. And Reese is like, no, I don't want to go see him. We can't go see him. And so Chao called me. And, and he's like, hey, man, what's going on? And I said, uh, well, I want to go see your old boy like it's 8192. And we go whip his ass. And he said, he's like, hey, you know, when you speak Joel like Chael does, he he runs it back a little bit. He's like, hey, what's that mean? And I I said, well, you know, in eight one nine two we go whip motherfuckers ass. So then I got a little run on this podcast, and the truth of the matter now I'm trying to make some money. Now I'm trying to make some money. Eight one nine two means man the fuck up. Don't be a bully. Don't tolerate bullies. Here. Put your cell
1: phone
3: down, pick up your kid, and buy your old lady some flowers.
0: That's what ah, it means. that's Ah, the, that's the Joel mantra. But
3: then, again, what is the 81 to 92? Why is that representative? Well,
0: that Reese was 11 years old, and that was the years it that he It doesn't lived. matter. That was, uh, oh, no. That it was could be line. like 7422. Two. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, but I think... <laughs> Man, from, you had a better story in the
1: back. You're right. It, from 1981 to 1992, at that portion of Joel's life, that's how he would have handled the situation. Okay, when Got he it. says I'm going to go see somebody, that's prison talk. For I'm going to go whip the guys ass. If you tell a guy in the joint you need to come see me, that means we're going to fight. So again, Joel language, but there's the explanation.
0: That's a good question, man. And Tito's old lady's uh, a whore. That is knowing your. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, Are we deep trivia get those there. Now? Anyone else? Do we have any other questions from anybody? Yes, sir. How do you get into the brothel industry? Oh, that's a question for it's you, Frank. How do you get in? Five hundred for an hour. Oh. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> all right. So that that is a that is a uh, a question. For the question was how did how did I get into the brothel industry, or how do you get into the brothel? Are you interested in employment? Louisville, Louisville. You you want to know how it, how it happened to me, right? Okay. How can you justify
3: so, working at a brothel or being at a brothel and not getting in trouble with the misses, right?
0: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so, it is
3: not as. Glor- I mean, trust. Yeah, me. Yeah.
0: It's it's not all uh, glamour. Yeah, now, Frank. Pretty, here's pretty the weird. here's the the bad side of it. In fact, I'll I'll give you a little bit that blew his mind. How can the other there
2: night. be a bad side uh, to Europe You're no you're, you're
0: about to find out. So uh, I I'm, I'm friends with Dennis Hoff, the guy that owns a Bunny Ranch, and he actually owns seven brothels in Nevada. He is the Sam Walton of legalized prostitution. That what this guy has done with uh with hookers. But uh, I, I work for, I've been a friend of his for a long time, and honestly, the real reason that he employs me is uh, because I think I'm a, I'm a critical thinker and I'm a, a problem solver, and that comes in handy when you're trying to break up a, a hair-pulling, uh, stiletto-heel-kicking fight between a couple of infuriated hookers. Uh, I'll give you an example. So, uh, Frank uh, begged me to tell this story on the air. I did not share this on the podcast, but I'll go ahead and do it tonight. Uh, Last week, I came over, and I was like, oh, man, rough day at the office, you know. And he's like, what was going on? No shit. It's a true story. I said, well, we had two girls coming in from the airport at the same time, okay? And this is, like, right where I picked you guys up, uh, Chael and Joel, today. While you were late. I was a tad late. Uh, But uh, so, right where I pick up uh, the girls... And normally, when we have two girls coming in at the same time, we'll put them in the car together, right, and, you know, drive them out. But these two could not ride in the car together. The reason they couldn't is because one of them started a rumor that the other one was available for anal for $300, which She's is not true, For Too cheap. What's yeah. The, what's the going rate for anal? Well, see me outside. But uh, uh, But I guess it's more than $300. Let me just tell you, it is more than $300. So it's not that this was true about this woman. And it's not even that the other one who was passing judgment was passing judgment on her because she was offering anal sex. It's that she was undercutting the other one's price at $300. But
2: in your infinite wisdom, to be late to pick up me and chill, why wouldn't you bring me a hooker?
0: Oh, well, you know, uh I tell you Godfather what, Godfather
2: loves him I, some hooks. I'll
0: tell you what, Godfather. If we you wanna if you to wanna jail. if you wanna uh switch that ticket and stay an extra day, I will be happy to take you two out to the desert. Oh. I'm, I'm out. Like oh, no, you're out dinner, on this I'm no brother, there. you don't to done go to like dinner. <laughs> All right, but yes. Yeah, so, so to give you an example, I mean that's the kind of thing. I don't know what you do for a Sorry, living, Ms. but Jennifer, I mean I'm I don't know really if that's your like. That sounds like something I deal with at work. But that's like the kind of problem that I can walk into on any given day is refereeing between these two, and you know trying to dispel ugly rumors about discount anal sex. It just doesn't <laughs> exist. Hey, one more thing for you, and then uh, we'll we'll conclude. Um, one thing we do in uh, the brothel is we give everybody a stage name, right? So uh, this may come as a surprise, but they don't like you to know their real name because sometimes guys get a little creepy. Yeah, no, they do. It makes it much harder to stalk that way. Good So, but. So they like to have stage names, okay? So I try to uh, get them to uh, you know, go with uh, uh, something that's plausible. Um, a couple of bad ones that I've tried to discourage, uh, uh, Sharon Needle's. Was one that uh, I felt like sent a mixed message. Uh, one that I have toyed around with uh, introducing over the years is uh, Miss Penny Slots. She is uh, she's not the most attractive woman in the brothel, but she'll always make you the best deal. Okay, now this is a true story. We are dollar, uh, huh? yeah we are about to hire a a trans man. Basically, he is uh, he he was born a woman. Has a vagina. I'm out. But identi- <laughs> identifies now I'm as, as female. I'm out on the story. Young 20s chale. Uh, very uh, Twinkish, if people know the gay lingo. Uh, so very effeminate, very androgynous. No, what does okay? Twinkie mean? Yeah, okay. Twinkie's uh, a word in the gay I'll, I'll explain it in the car. Uh, so anyway, you get the idea, the, the look, right? So we have to come up. Yeah, a, a Twink is the opposite of a bear. By yeah. Example. Right. Yeah. Joel, for and you, for that matter, would be bearish. You would right? be a bear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey,
2: can I get another shot of right. uh, so so cranberry and so vodka so up in this morning? I have to
0: come up with a uh, stage name, a working name for this uh, young woman who is looks very male except for the vagina, and uh, given the fact that uh, he, she he, he she he is in her early twenties and very twinkish looking, I'm thinking about Justin Beaver. What do you think? Good? Done. All right. yeah, actually, that is very, that's very uh, great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I'm sold. Thank you very much. That's cool. what no. we're, uh, we're going with. All right. Is everybody good? Any more questions? One more? Are we yeah, all set? Richard, we're all good? I yeah. got one. Oh, okay. One, one. okay. No, I, got, I got a question. For, all right. on. Matt, one more question. I got a question. I got a question, got a question. Go. Got a yeah. question for Frank Mir. Okay. Matt's got a uh, question one for Chael. What do you got? Chael,
1: non-MMA related. You've claimed to know who D.B. Cooper is. Will you mm. ever tell
0: people who D.B. Cooper is?
1: No, I can never tell. So do, does anybody here know who D.B. Cooper is?
0: The hijacker. Yeah, he
1: did a hijacking out of uh, Left PDX Portland, my, my home airport. Er, early 70s? Yeah, I appreciate 72? Oh my, my my, question left. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of people don't know the story, right? And it kind of ages us to know the story, but more and more stuff's coming about. I one hundred percent knew who he is. I didn't I didn't ever mean that as a publicity stunt and I still don't now because that's not it's not like claiming you know who Jack the Ripper is. A lot of people don't even know who D B Cooper is, but yeah, these
0: three know who Jack the Ripper is.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he grew up. I mean, I, I've known him my entire life. He's alive and well. I can tell you all that stuff you, and you hear in the news, none of it's right. Uh, none of it's right. He's alive. He's fine. Uh, he got away with a little bit of the money. And I I asked him to come on the podcast, and he, he's nowhere near it. And uh, he's worried about statute of limitations. He didn't use those words. I'm, I'm plugging them in a little bit. But, uh, you know, like for IRS or tax evasion that g- goes into perpetuity. So he's out. He's nowhere near, it. if he passes away, I'll honor it. I won't say his name, but I will tell you, they do not know who D.B. Cooper is. They've never known. They're looking in the wrong directions. They're making themselves look like fools uh, with some of the claims they've made. And I think I answered
0: your question. Uh, Cheryl, All right, you I, got, you I got one for Frank here. Do you think you could strike a deal with him, sort of like Bob Woodward had with Deep Throat, where you are allowed to reveal his identity upon his death? Because that was the Gangsters deal that Bob Woodward tattle. always had with Deep Throat from Watergate before he outed himself.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you on that. I, w- I would love to be able to tell the story. And uh, He doesn't have any kids or anything. He's, he's got a wife, so I don't know who would be embarrassed, but that's his decision to make. And for as of right now, he's saying no.
2: All right. All right. One of the things I like to do on the podcast, and and Frank Mir, seriously, this is a a big night for me. I mean, you win one world championship, heavyweight championship. You are solidified to me for being the baddest guy on the, you said it 900 times, I can say it, fucking planet. You did it twice. My question to you is, if you had one to take back, which one would it be, and which one went better
3: than you thought? Uh, one to take back, probably the second Brock fight. You know, I wouldn't have done the flying knee and ended up against the cage uh, uh, and get stuck there under a guy that's that big. And then uh, one that went my direction, I was surprised on. Uh, well, the second noguera fight didn't start off too hot. I was uh, I was hurt, and he had me going into a choke, and so. Uh, you know, the fact was that uh, I never once started thinking about quitting or pausing, and so that I just kept trying to solve problems, and uh, one problem led to the next to the next, and then before you knew it, I broke his arm, and so that was a good one that that, that started out looking very bad, and one I'm very proud of, because, you know, anybody can go out and catch somebody, you have a good night, but uh, I think one thing that I can show my children is how to come off in a bad situation starting off with your pants down, screwed, and then starting to actually b- work your way back through the situation and come out victorious.
0: Haven't you said, too, that you didn't remember all parts of that no, sequence because you were so rocked?
3: No, actually, I kind of woke up inside the Kimura. Uh, and so I was, you know, I kind of was like being underwater, you know, because I, I was like, okay, I'm being choked. Okay, where are we going here? And a lot of it was just from so many years of training, our bodies just going to autopilot.
2: All right, he's, he's trying to talk himself out of the applause.
0: Two-time heavyweight champion, Frank Muir. Guys, we want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Just uh, a couple of quick reminders. Uh, we, Phone Booth Fighting, we're available twice weekly. Uh, you can get us at uh, phoneboothfighting.com or, of course, all the usual places for a podcast, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that. If you're on our iTunes page, please give us those five stars. That's very helpful to us. And uh, also uh, do the same for Chael and Joel on yeah, Your Yeah, we don't even
2: know what that three,
0: means. Three times a week, these guys. We're in a constant rate. It's like, it's like the Cold War era. Uh, Ronald Reagan and uh, uh, and Mikhail Gorbachev just the arms ra- eventually we'll tear down that wall but for right now we're trying to see who can do the most podcasts every week so uh, anyway we really appreciate these guys doing well. did you guys have a good time was this alright thanks yeah? for coming out okay guys. should we do it again maybe yeah I think we do this again thank you very much for coming out we're going to be out in the lobby so please come out and say hi we got merch out there and just uh, say hi we'll do pictures and everything Chael Joel, thank you guys very much Thanks, for guys. Frank Mir. I'm Richard Hunter. We'll see you next time. We'll see you out in the lobby. Thanks, guys.
4: Everybody was kung Fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In
3: fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought.